It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who've had enough of this shit. Chris and the Riz. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 504. The Detroit Lions are ready to feast. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I'm your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my somewhat also equally dashing co-host and good friend, Jeff Davis. Chris, it's good to be with you live. I missed you last week. Uh, I had to do this solo. It was awkward. I needed you at times. If you watched it, you know, I, I, I needed your guidance. I needed your, your guidance. So it's, it's good to be back with you on a Victory Tuesday, sandwiched between a Victory Sunday and a Victory Thursday. Yes, yes. Oh, man, we got a good, 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 good show. I'm excited to be back. I was it was a long week away. I've got this week off work, though. I'm already regenerating and regenerated. Um, Still try to catch up. This is the last show. Then it's it's turkey time. It's 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 a lot of coast. It's it's a little bit of Call of Duty, which God, I love Call of Duty. It's been fun. This new this new release has been a lot of fun. Uh, A little bit of time with uh, Malcolm and uh, and some other folks as well. Having a good time. Anyway, we got a show. We got a good show going here. Uh, We'll start with warm ups like we like to do. Let our friends gather in the uh, lobby. Damper Floundericious, I see you. I see you all. And uh, big thanks, really quick before we go. I got to shout out um, Ben Rose. For the five hundred dollars during the post game show to St. Jude, thank you so much. Is also Floundericious another one fifty last minute win, baby. Thank you, Flounder. You've been awesome always. Every year, you're just spectacular. Flounder, so Flounder is amazing in the support that he gives the show, gives to St. Jude's as well. Uh, yeah. Very generous and giving man, and we we very much appreciate that. Yeah. So I didn't get to say that Hold during the show. The I was discombobulated between everything so i wasn't able to get those names so i did want to give them a big thanks and get their names out there all you can also donate stjude.org slash dlp let's see warm-ups we'll do the team health and injury report we'll review the bears game we got something called sideline stunners we'll talk about that uh we're gonna look ahead to the green bay packers and a whole lot more we got a great show lined up mr risden are you ready to go my friend oh yeah let's do it Let's kick this off and break it down. FTP. Let's get it off right. I have a lot of activity. I have a window right here, and I have, there's a lot of activity going on outside the window. A lot of effing, effing TP, right? 
maybe there, there could be some of that going on. <laughs> All right, let's get right into this. Um, post game show. I'm not sure on Thursday. Just so you folks know, I'm not sure if we will. I'd like to, but it's family day and you have family day, so we'll see how it goes. And we already talked about St. Jude, so let's get into the warm ups. Triple B. We're not talking yeah. about the Better Business Bureau and apology time. <laughs> First one, Triple B. Bye bye, Barry. It's out. It released yesterday. We've both seen it. We're not going to ruin it for you. You had a one day only to stream it, but I'm going to warn you and tell you all. Number one, it is fantastic. <laughs> you do not want to miss it. Whether you're live then, whether you enjoyed it or not, you weren't around to enjoy it, whatever, go watch it. You will love it. It is a, it is a good part of you. Now, I say that because we will absolutely spoil it next week. So we're giving you a week and a day, yes. a week and two days to watch it. And then we're going to go into it. We're going to talk all about it. So, I mean, other people will do it, but they're not going to have our spin. So, you know, we're giving you time. Yeah. We're letting you do it. We're not going to ruin it. So go enjoy. Bye. Bye. Barry. Amazon Prime. Eventually it's going to drop to the NFL network. But look, if you don't have the prime, that's OK. There's, you know, sail. You put on your eye patch, get your peg leg and sail the seven seas. You'll find it out there. It's out there for sure. Um, very much. One, one thing about it, and this won't spoil anything. It's incredibly smartly produced. It's mm-hmm. they they put a lot of attention to detail in how they arranged the show, and it it, it shows. You, you can yeah. so, you can tell sometimes when they're like haphazard and they like tack something in later, and and it doesn't necessarily fit with where they put it. This isn't like that. This is very slickly done, professionally done. It's it's really really good. It is deserving of Emmy consideration for best uh, whatever sports production. It's 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 so much better than Fox's production of last Sunday's game, where they couldn't get the clock right and couldn't get the graphics right. Um, yeah. Much much better than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh God, <laughs> the clocks! I, I I'm now starting to have like a twitchy eye every time I watch football because the clocks are such a disaster. Do you remember? When they would just put the camera on the clock in the end zone, it would wobble sometimes. Yes. It was windy, but yes. it was always right. Like it was always it right. Was. Like come on, come on, just give me a freaking real clock. Like, and it's only when you're at the the most important part of time, right? When there's ten minutes and ninety five seconds left, I don't care, right? I mean, it's not that I don't care, but I'm like, okay, I want to glance and go, and that's okay. If you're within a couple seconds, I'm fine. But you have to have it on lockdown from about three minutes down. You just have to have it on lockdown. You can't. Like, what are they doing? They need they need the system. We talked about this with Dean, um, and I, I talked about it with an, the the director of officials in the state of Michigan on the huge show. They need a a buzzer or something for the the umpire is the guy who keeps the clock. Yeah. He doesn't need to be looking at the clock. He needs a buzzer that goes off that tells him that it's gone that the clock is done. They need yeah. to, they have we have the technology to do that. Yeah, you know just. Just have it set to do that. And, and as soon as that happens, he blows his whistle or it could blow a whistle for him. I can only imagine that like we, the clock is better than it's ever been. The technology is better than it's ever been. Right. We have to we have to recognize that. I can only imagine that the, the issue with them being able to show the clock is that they actually do have the like up to the second information on it. And. The, the the guy running the clock runs it. He fixes it all the time, right? So we're actually seeing that fix. Whereas before there was a bit of a lag. So you'd see one adjustment. It wouldn't just like disappear. Cause like, I don't know what it is. I don't want to show something wrong. And then like, Oh, now it's wrong. Oh, now I got to run it down to get it right. Like they're, they're actually like, as the refs and the officials are figuring out the time, I think we're seeing it 
and and they have the, the the clock keeping right, but it's just cycling through the numbers and getting them on the on you know at the right time so that when you start the play again that they're cycling at the right number. I think that's pretty complicated, and that's been going on behind the scenes forever. And now we're seeing how complicated that is in real time. Right? It is complicated. That, yeah. That's not that's not an easy job for the the timekeeper to do. Like you've got to understand when the ref plays or the, the the umpire again places yeah. the ball for ready, but is he ready? Is he cleared out? Like when do you start? Like it's it's not as simple as it might look, but these guys are trained professionals. They can do it. Um, I'm I'm starting to. I, I, was, out. I was just thinking about <laughs> like the idea of of the buzzer. Like they do this in tennis now, where they have the the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, who is it, who is it that takes forever? Is it Kyrgios? Or, or no, it might be Medvedev who takes forever when he serves, and he gets like the buzzer goes off, and then the chair umpire issues him the warning or issues the the opponent the point they can do that in the nfl they can do it for tennis they can do it for the nfl yeah yeah <sighs> i'm nerding out on this I, I i'd like to get into the technology and see because now i'm starting to think about it when the okay the play stops someone has mm-hmm. to look on the replay to figure out exactly what time it was because the guys in the field are watching the field right and then there's a guy that says right. okay that's when the that's when the the, the play ended and then you got to go through the video maybe and see how much you know where the to the clock was at that point okay we're there okay set the clock to this and then somebody else had to set the clock like it, it now feels like there's probably a team of people doing it and then like i said on the downstream side of that fox or whoever else is getting the feed it's weird it's it's weird it's like again i'm yeah. I'm, a, I'm a process guy i'm a nerd guy I, I this this is far more interesting probably to me than anybody else i'll, I'll stop <laughs> I, I'm fascinated by it too, just because I've seen it. We've all seen it. We saw the Baltimore game. We lost a game that shouldn't have counted. Yes, like on a field goal that shouldn't have counted because the, the goddamn clock went off. It went off. <laughs> yeah. All right, still go off. I'm so uh, angry about that. The second of the warm ups as our friends roll into the lobby here and uh, thank you DCP one. Yeah. Drop a like, drop a subscribe. We appreciate you folks. When you do that, we, we forgot to ask the last couple shows, so we might ask twice this time. Just bear with. Um, all right. Uh, FTP. Yes. Jamie Johnson. I see you. All right. Um, the next one, apology time. It's time. I think for lions fans to really take a second and, and think about this. I'm going to, I'm going to put something out there that played and I want people to remember and throw themselves back in time to when this happened and when this was said and think about the mocking, the absolute mocking that happened. I mean, I saw a journalist tweeting joke of a franchise at this point in time last year. Um, check this out. And, um, I want you guys, I just want you guys to hear this and remember what we were saying, what people were saying about him at this point. All I'm saying is, we will remain true. We'll remain resilient. And the gut punches will stop. I can't hear anything, Chris. Oh, I can hear it. Oh, dang, 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 dang. All right. I'll figure that I can out. Hear it. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, let's see. I was listening for it. I couldn't hear it either. So, um, yeah, I'll just say that it was, the, it was off talking about. Okay. I've got it. There we go. Okay. Now it'll play. Here we go. All I'm saying is. We will remain true. We'll remain resilient, and the gut punches will stop. I'm not kidding. All right, they heard it. They heard it. Um, okay, Jared good. Goff. Jared Goff yeah. says the gut punches will stop. We'll remain true. We'll remain resilient, and the gut gut punches will stop. Think back in the day to when that happened. I mean, and again, this is not to pile on, but um, even I remember Tori Petrie's clear as day. She called him a sweet summer child. 
this is Detroit. You don't recognize what happens. People were mocking him for saying that the gut punches would stop. And it just, I just was thinking about this as I was thinking about the bears game. And I'm like, buddies, we gave, we dealt the gut punch to the bears. When we did that two point conversion, when we converted that, you could look in Justin Fields eyes and he had that old lions. Look, they'd already lost. He'd already lost that game. You saw it in his eyes. We delivered the gut punch and took them out. You talk about a 180 from a year ago, right? I mean, we're talking about a year ago. I think we we started our first win at this point last year on the turnaround, but nobody was believing. People were talking about, you know, the loot getting rid of Campbell, getting rid of like, I mean, there was all kinds of crazy going on. Um, and he was just out, just outright mocked by people across the board. And now you look and it's it's funny. He's 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 our quarterback. And it's the one thing I've said about Jared Goff. Don't sleep on him. He did it at Cal. He did it at the Rams. And now he's doing it here. He's taken franchises that were just absolute piles of shit and turned them into something completely relevant. And here we are again. It's the same story. Jared Goff is a, is a special kid, man. He's a, a real special cat. And I think the, the resilience that he has and the belief in himself and the belief in what he does, people take that, take that and run with it, man. That's that's if you could if you could have that kind of uh, confidence in yourself and what you do and be as good at what you do as he is, man, go with it. Go with it because that's that that should be an inspiration for people. What what he's done and what the Lions have done since the the takeover with uh, Holmes and Campbell in Detroit. You know he he's shown it that he can do it long term, but also in the short. Like that game Sunday, he didn't play well. Um, I know I know I know the first interception was that was that was a weird situation, and it, it probably should have been pass interference, but it also like. It could have been actually offensive pass interference because it looked like Laporta initiated the contact. You know, you know how the NFL officiating is. Like that one was weird. Second one was awful. Yep. Third one got tipped uh, from watching the all twenty-two. But I will tell you that if it didn't get tipped, it was getting picked by a different bear who had a clear pick six, like easy. Through another one, clear ninety-nine yard pick six. Jalen Johnson dropped it. Thank you, Jalen. Goff didn't, he didn't go into a shell. He didn't panic. He kept doing what he does and played his way out of it, played his way through it. Um, to go back to tennis for a second, uh, one of the worlds that I, that I do know a lot about in, in other sports, uh, the ability to process having bad points or like getting, getting bagel in a set, you've still got another set to go out there and play. And you've got to have that mental resiliency and that toughness to put your bad play behind you. I think that's something that Jared Goff did very well Sunday. I also think it's something that he's done pretty well throughout his Lions career. He will have a bad quarter or a bad game, and he's very good about not letting that bleed into the next week mm-hmm. um, and, or let it bleed into his approach or his confidence in himself. That's that's not as easy to do as you might think. That's actually something that Matthew Stafford wasn't good at. Um, if you want to look around the league, Joe Burrow's fantastic at it. Lamar Jackson fantastic at putting a bad performance behind him. Then you look at like Josh Allen, not so much like now Josh, he's really, really good. This isn't me saying that that he's not a great player is 
he will not get out of a hole that he's digging himself. He will not stop digging. Uh, and that, that has bled across games for him before. Uh, Troy Aikman was very much that quarterback to go way back in the day. He was the guy where if he threw an interception in the first quarter, he was throwing one in the second, probably one in the fourth, too. Like, that's just who he was. Uh, Goff, Goff's really good about putting the bad points behind him and, and going on to the next serve, um, to, to continue the, the tennis metaphor there. <laughs> Le tennis. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, uh, I've got a guy here who's, hi. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, hi, Katie. He's a good one. Um, That's nice. But he, he does it while I'm working, too. He runs by and his tail does this, like question mark across the screen <laughs> <laughs> come on man uh anyway yeah no golf I, I see it in the chat here he's he's got the stone coldness to him when he's interviewed he's he's you look at him and you, i mean you look at him and you see ken from the barbie movie right you don't see that kind of you know what i'm saying though i mean he just seems like a yeah. real soft kind of guy like just to like oh whatever right Guys, he's he's something special. He's not like uh, like he's not he and, and this will come off sounding too. He's not an outwardly outgoingly friendly guy. Yeah, that's not who he is. Yep. Yep. And I think we in the Detroit media have learned not to take that personal. Like that's that that's who he is. Like like one of the things we don't have this on the schedule, but I'll bring it in. C.J. Gardner Johnson was was named the best trash talker in the NFL. <laughs> And one of the things that we learned very quickly in the media and dealing with him was that that's just his default mode. He, that, that's who he is. That's how he communicates. Goff is, it's a different sort of communication, but Goff, Goff is going to be a guy who's going to be a little dry, who's going to not give you a lot emotionally. Um, now, I, I will say, and I, I've, I've never had a solo interaction with Jared Goff or other people weren't around, so I can't speak to that. But I do know people who have been in those situations with him, and they say he's much different then. He's much more casual, much more at ease with himself. Yeah. And he's not going to give that away. That's just not, that's not what he's going to do. And that's, that's, that's not a criticism. That's just an observation. And I, I think, I think as fans, we can sometimes take that as aloofness or arrogance or, you know, whatever. Um, and it is not, that's not what it is. That's not what's going on there. And and I think for us to interpret that, you know, it's, it's much more Californian than it is Midwestern. He's clearly a California guy. And that's, you know, I think we're, we're learning how to deal with that. Okay. In, in, I got here and there. Breaking news, breaking news. I've got uh playoff ticket pricing coming through. If you're getting club level seats, Think about this, Lions fans. It's not Thanksgiving, and we're talking out there, and then and, and season ticket holders are getting playoff ticket notifications. A single ticket for Wild Card Weekend or the divisional round at Ford Field, four hundred and fifty dollars each. Okay, wow. that's that's from that's not StubHub. That's from that's the Lions. <laughs> yeah, no payment plan. 
and it's due i don't know when but very soon um the person i'm getting this from is paid now if you make it to the championship the nfc championship and it's at home five hundred and forty dollars per ticket wow at, through wow. the Lions. can you imagine how much that's going to be through seat geek or StubHub or one of those or nfl ticket i it's man. the lions are going to be the hardest playoff ticket and it's gonna it's what an atmosphere oh my god do you, do you remember when um the the Boston Red Sox got the World Series for the first time and well, I think they were there in '86, but back in 2004 when they beat then they came back and beat the Yankees, and the the demand for Boston Red Sox tickets at Fenway Park in in the World Series, like tickets that normally retail, I I want to say they retailed for eighteen dollars and they were going for three thousand. Uh, that's gonna happen in Detroit. <laughs> you do not want to be. Who doesn't want to be at the first home playoff game that the Detroit Lions win? Yeah. In whenever. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, wow. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're going to get a home game. Spoiler alert. We, we have a two and a half game lead on the, on the Vikings. But even beyond that, like, by the way, the look at the NFC standings. Vikings are number seven. Packers. <laughs> Packers are number eight at four and six. Let me poop in your Wheaties really quick. No. Yes. And no. It's, your, it's yours specifically. Okay. Great. I'm going to, and I'm going to do it through something else. Cause I don't think you've thought of this yet. Do you remember Jared Goff throwing the ball and in New Orleans? And it was, it was, yes. <laughs> and we had yes, to get I by. Do. <laughs> we had to get out of there before the, 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 the Saints had to get the Dodge, baby. <laughs> ready to kill anyone to do with football. What if the Lions, fastest rental car encounter ever? <laughs> what if the Lions are playing at that time, bro? We're going to change flights. We're going to change flights. You can't fly. You this can't be flying. I've never had to deal with before. I know. I, I know. Have, this, you will, to, this will be. <laughs> I've I'm, been to every senior bowl except 2018 since, since 2008. So I've never had a schedule conflict with the lions because it, and it's not the first weekend. It's the, it's second. the second weekend yeah. of the playoffs. So <laughs> I've never like, had to worry about these things before because of the way hotels and things work. Does it, I mean, they could play Saturday though. You know what I mean? It's like you can't change it until later. I'm like, I'm like, should I book an early day in the hotel, like a day earlier, maybe like a Saturday? And I'll fly in yeah. Saturday and I'll watch it from there. I oh, see. Oh. You and I are both we're, we're flying in. Sun, we're both flying on the same flight in Sunday morning out of Atlanta. Yeah. Um, we can watch the game. We can have a watch party in in Mobile if it's I'm a later sure game. So we get there at what, like 1130, something like that? No, we get there. uh, We should probably do this. We should move on and talk football. (laughs) Yeah, we should. (laughs) We're getting way ahead of ourselves talking about potential playoff conflicts with our senior bowl schedule. Oh, man. Let's get there first, but we're well on our way at eight and two with a divisional game that we're favored by, what, seven and a half, eight and a half points against a wounded Green Bay team. We're We're about to go. Just think about this. We go to nine and two, they go to four and seven. That's a 
five-game lead with six to play, and they are the first team out right now. Not quite mathematically clinching it, but pretty damn close. Okay, okay. So, expensive. I'm thankful for that, Chris. I'm thankful. (laughs) Expensive playoff tickets. There's no payment plan. There's going to be some people that don't can't get their tickets, especially because it's right at the holiday when these things are coming in. It's kind of cold for the team to do it that way. Um, good luck, everybody. Best of luck. If if you can't afford them, let us know. We'll help you find somebody who will. <laughs> uh, we'll match you with willing payers. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> uh, we may be ones ourselves. So there you go. All right. So there's that. Um, moving to the the next topic. Let's go. Let's go right to it because we want to talk about them. Dem Bears. Detroit Lions mauled the Chicago Bears. And really quick before we get to there's a question that came in. Um, where was it about Benny Hanna? You know, I'm going to do this forever, right? Um, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Sorry. Uh, okay, well, I've lost it. It was in the chat. Uh, someone asking about Bohana. Where is he now in the in the mix? Here it is. So does Bohana replace Bugs, Martin, or Levi? Basically asking what's up with depth behind Aleem. Um, he Bohana, is the depth behind Aleem. He, he showed <laughs> up. Him. He showed up. Like, he showed up at, 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 in he this game. Well. And I love a guy like Bohana with them big old cheeks and a helmet. You know what I mean? I, I that look. I love it because he looks like he's five years old and a hel- like a baby in a big helmet. You know what I mean? It's, I love that. It's so great. Um, 360 pounds of man in yeah. the middle. And you know, what's funny when I saw him, I'm like, bugs is still bigger. <laughs> well, bugs is not a small man. That's for sure. Bugs uses yeah. thigh pads. I, I, I can't speak to the bug situation because I, I would be speculating, and I don't want to do that. I can tell you that Broderick Martin, he's just, they do not feel that he is game ready yet. He did not pass their personal internal sniff test. Uh, that was the Raiders game that he played. Yep. They didn't like what they saw. Um, and they're, they're certainly not out on him, but you're not going to see much of him this year. Yep. Um, it, it said a lot that they brought up Bohanna against a running quarterback when Quentin Bohanna might be the slowest person in the NFL. And that's part of the function of being six foot four and 360 pounds with, with 38 inch arms. Like he's he's not, he's not built for speed, (laughs) but he fills that internal role um, specifically one gapping um, where he's going to eliminate that gap. And it allows the linebackers to fill a lot better. One of the issues with Broderick is that he hasn't quite mastered like I have to take this specific angle on this specific blocker so the linebacker behind me knows where to go. He's still not getting that. They're working on it. He's working on it. He's working very hard at it, but it's not there yet. They don't trust him in that role. Bohanna's got a little bit of experience under his belt. If he wears a belt, that big, that size, you probably better have a belt. He's... He, he understands the principles of that. And some of that is the fact that Broderick played at a college where if you watch Western Kentucky, you know that their, their defense is there to get out of the way so their offense can get back on the field. Like, that's, that's what they do. <laughs> they want to score. They want to win games 56 to 51. Like, that's, that's what WKU does. Mm-hmm. That's not what happens in the NFL. He's, it's a very different mentality, and he is still learning how to do that. Yep, And it doesn't mean that he won't learn, but he hasn't picked it up as quickly as we all collectively as Lions fans want that to. Um, Levi, 
another injury setback is, and, and that's what he was. Uh, it was it was technically a healthy scratch. We're going to get into injuries in uh, a minute. The yeah yeah, <laughs> we, we have very little we have very little injuries to talk about this week. We're Chris, doing a lot nice. of wandering here. <laughs> we are. That's my fault. I'm scared. Right? I took a nap you. today, and I Last feel great. I'm me. like all energized, but also scattered. Bohana is Benihana. That's his name because he sits down at the Tepinaki table alone. And everything that comes off of that is his dinner. My guy <laughs> is a big mofo and he went out there and he cleared some houses. I, I I loved what I saw from him, especially like, it's like, I think anybody that saw his name, or the majority of people who saw his name, that was the first time they saw his name was when he, when he played in the Lions uniform. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they had no idea who he was or that he was playing or anything, right? He just showed up. Um, <laughs> Bohana doesn't wear a belt. He uses one of those ratchet straps, one of those appliance carts. <laughs> that's awesome. Ratchet is a good word too. I love that. Oh, that's awesome, Don. Don hilarious. That's good. Um, but he came in and he 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 wrecked some shit, and that was great. I love to see that. I love to see a young guy to come in and be able to really make a mark and and, and kind of establish himself. Good stuff. Broderick Martin is is a guy that has no shortage of heart. It's going to take some time and growth. That's great. I'll tell you this much, though. On the other side of the ball, since we're sitting here in the trenches a little bit and kind of talking through this game, I on the post game show we started giving out our own an underrated post game ball. A guy who won't get a ball but deserves a ball. It's Colby Sorsdahl. My guy was out there. Did you hear his name? <laughs> he once once he heard his name for a holding call. But that's he, he not had, bad. He had he had the only Lions penalty on offense of the game. And I saw there was one run play where he got he got swam. Beyond that, he was fine. He was he wasn't exemplary. Guard. He wasn't it wasn't wasn't you know he he wasn't bad. That's kind of all you need. He moved from right guard to left guard, and yeah. to not be bad and only have one penalty to yeah. okay, Riz, start throwing with your non dominant hand <laughs> like now That's and right. do and do it in a ball game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it's like. Horribly, horribly difficult, horribly difficult. And he, he went out there and he performed extremely well. I soars the fifth round, fifth round, right? Fifth round out yep. of William and Mary where he played right tackle. He has been a shining star for this def- this offensive line this year. I really, I think what a hell of a pick again, Brad Holmes finds the diamonds in the depth of the, of the draft. But this guy, He's 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 played so far this year early first game. He had a little bit of difficulty to be to be expected. Right. But you're getting to a guy now who's shown up. He could potentially have earned himself a starting role in the NFL next year. And he and we'll talk about this in a minute. But he kind of changes some of the calculus and conversation as we start looking at what what's to come in this offensive line. Yeah, I would say at worst, he has shown that he can be your sixth offensive lineman next year. 100 percent. And, and as a fifth round pick, you'll take that. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah, man. Give me that. Yep. Well, we might be running a guard rotation this off season, but we'll get to that. Um, might be running it this week. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jared Goff, um, unflappable. We talked about that. Um, yeah. Goldfish memory to be able to come back from what he had happened and what he did out there. Um, 
It's a combination of both of those. Um, and, and just be able to drive this team to the end. Montgomery, to watch him get the touchdown, to seal it, I, I felt my heart grew like it was like the Grinch, you know what I mean, at the end of the who's and the hugging and shit. Um, I was so happy to see him just score and win against those Bears. I mean, oh, they had to feel good. I mean, you see it. You see the pictures. We've used some of them in some of our thumbnails. The Just the excitement from him. and. The fact that he talks about uh, the team as, you know, the land of misfit toys, it's it's really, it's so fitting. You got your Jerry's, you get all these guys that people kind of were gave up on or didn't think or Amon Ra, everyone passed on. Jared Goff, he's a washed up has been, right? All everybody, that's everybody's opinion of all so many of these guys. And they've come together, not only like as, you know, to play great football, but as a team, as a real solid group. And he talked about how that grit and how it fits so much with the city of Detroit. And I feel it, man, as somebody who's from Detroit, and has lived in Southern California, Florida, and seen how the rest of the country kind of looks at and talks about Detroit. It is, it is, it is kind of the land of misfit toys, but there's, there's no misfits. You know what I mean? I hate, I hate to use that phrase about it because it's just the way everybody else kind of views it. Detroit, I've said it before on the show, it's a very, very special place of very, very special people that are different than anywhere else that I've been in this country and in the, in the world. It's a very, very awesome town very very different and uh there's there's a heart and a soul that make up the city and i just love the connection that this team and these players have built with the city of detroit and the people of the city of detroit and the surrounding areas it's it's such a perfect fit man the personality is so representative and live and die together you know what i mean that's the thing i hope if things don't work out this year you know there's there's there is potential just so folks know there's a potential that we won't win a super bowl this year and i just want people to be aware of that because i think so some folks might not be certain of that. There is a potential that 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 that's the outcome. Don't don't freak. This is year three. And I, I mean, I'm so reminded of the Dallas Cowboys. So it was one in 15, eight and eight. And it was like, what, 12 and whatever, 12 and four, whatever. And then they went on. This, I see so much of that, that. And it was like a snap turn. For the Cowboys to turn it around on that on that franchise with Jimmy Johnson and Troy Aikman and all that. I see so many similarities between our arc here and what's going on. This is a great year. Last year was a great year. The way we closed out, ride this, man, and support your guys, support your team. Just don't bail on them the first time something something goes wrong or they don't win it out this year because that's this team is light years <laughs> ahead of where it's been for decades reward these guys with your your fandom and your love for what they're doing because it's something really really special they are playing very good ball and it's reflective of their head coach who's a guy that not a lot of people wanted as the head coach not a lot of people respected even before his his press conference that the mother of all press conferences <laughs> biting kneecaps and all that he wasn't a popular choice uh, there the were people like, why didn't we get somebody else? But he he embraced it, and he he doubled down on being Dan. Players love that. Um, I will beat your ass. <laughs> yes, 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 you will. <laughs> As a matter of fact, this tone of voice, they're like, I will, I will beat your ass. <laughs> it's just like, a, it's like the assumed clothes, right? The assumptive clothes from the salesman. It's done. I've already yeah. beaten your ass when I said this. <laughs> You know, yeah. and I, I think that that Dan galvanizes those type of players, the players that other places don't want, the players that other places 
they might they might be good football players, but they don't necessarily fit. Like C.J. Gardner Johnson, he he's not long for places. I can see him being longer for Detroit because they they kind of get him. You know, Jerry wouldn't have gotten as long of a leash. Alex Anzalone, a lot of other organizations would have given up on that guy already. He is a Pro Bowl linebacker this year, coming off the best game of his career. And there were a lot of people, and I will raise my hand slightly to be included in this group, that didn't think he was a good choice to come back. Now, I understood. I understood the company line on him, and I bought it. And I'm glad that they did it, but uh, man, like they, they, there's a lot of those types of players on this team. I think and there's something to be. Graham Glasgow is another good example. This is a guy yeah. left Detroit, went to Denver, sucked ass in Denver. Now a lot of that was injury related, and, and also they played him out of position, and also their offensive line coaches butt cheeks. But he came back and he's great. Like. Thank God for Graham Glasgow and that he's back and that his quirky personality fits in with what the Lions do. They, they're they not going to run him out of town for being weird. And I mean that as an endearing sort of weird because that's who he is. Like he's, he's think, a different cat. I think there's works. something to be learned by other teams and front offices about talent evaluation and the idea if they don't work somewhere, give up on them. Right. right. Uh, like, like Justin Fields. I'm 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 calling it early. I could be wrong here, and I'm I'm okay being wrong. But I feel like his career is over. I feel like it's already done. Like he, I don't know, about I, that. I don't know where he's going to wind up, and wherever he winds up isn't going to be a good situation because they're dying for a quarterback, right? Um, he's he's had terrible coaching. <laughs> Terrible. It's like it's almost Okuda, very much the same way. <laughs> terrible coaching, care, terrible development. Another injury now. I mean, just nothing, nothing to really give them a chance to show who they truly are and what they can be. And I feel like Carson Wentz is the opposite, right? I mean, he's he had some skills, but he he you know he showed in multiple situations. But then again, did he go to a good situation? I don't know. I don't know that he did. And that's the thing. I think Justin Fields, and like I say, I think his career is over. He's going to wind up somewhere else. He's going to have an opportunity, but he's not going to wind up at the Rams. He's not going to wind up at the Seahawks. He's not going to like, and so no. he's going to wind up in Arizona no. or he's going to wind up somewhere like, like that. And then it's like, yeah, Apple it, Bay. Yeah. Yeah. he's just not going to have the shot to be what he really could be. Look how good Baker Mayfield actually looked with the Rams. Right. I mean, he was his best Baker Mayfield. Because he had a good team, he had all you know, good coaching, all that. So many guys get run out because of the situation they're in. And like an Anzalone, Anzalone, most places would have been drummed out of the town. But this this staff knew that he had something. Which is why, like, with Broderick Martin, I'm okay. If they say let him sit, let him sit. If we want Benny Hanna playing, <laughs> let Benny Hanna play. I, I'm, I, their, their decisions on talent is like, forget it. They, they, they find these guys... Swords up. They find these guys that just do it. Glasgow, who had who had a crappy situation in Denver. Let's be honest; it was a crappy situation there. And they recognize that he has, he still has something, and they brought him back, and he's proved it. He's proved it again. Um, It's it's something. There's something the Lions are doing in the talent space that other teams are missing on. I think other teams are going to take a minute because it's a copycat league, and they're going to look at what the Lions are doing and try to pick some of that out of there and try to figure out. That's what I think when we lose coaches, that's the biggest piece that we lose. Not necessarily the coach, 
but that knowledge of how we do things that when that leaves, that's going to be the most dangerous for us. That, and that's that's where the culture can get disrupted uh, because right now they have a really good eye for how players will fit in, not just football-wise, but also team chemistry-wise and locker room-wise, both from the draft and from free agency. They felt like this offseason going into it, they needed they needed an agitator. They needed a provocateur. CJGJ, perfect at it. I know he's hurt. If you watch the video that he shot at the end of the Bears game, you know he's still pretty engaged. He's talking to his guys a lot. They're, they are not going to be for everybody, and they are not they are going to pass on guys in this draft who are probably a little bit more overall talented than the players that they select because the guys that they're passing on, they don't fit what the Lions want in total. They're not just looking at, oh, my God, this guy, he – he can he can win around the edge on the perimeter so well, and you know he's got all the athletic attributes. Well, if he doesn't get along with your coaches and the other players don't trust him, and you know he's kind of just doesn't fit personally, like, they're not going to take him. They're not going to try to force that, and that's I think that's lost uh, on a lot of teams where they're like, oh, you know what, we'll, we'll take that risk. We feel like our culture is strong enough, to, and like. That's not why you have the culture. You have the culture so people who will fit into that culture will identify it and want to be part of it. Not that you're going to try to absorb people that don't fit and make it fit. That's that's sort of the opposite of what the Lions are trying to do. That's what, what like when people were talking about trying to get a guy like Chase Young in at the trade deadline. Chase Young's not a culture fit for this specific Lions. He's just not. Doesn't mean he's not a great player. Doesn't mean he's not going to be fantastic elsewhere. In Detroit, he's not what they're looking for. And they know that. And they're not going to take that sort of risk on that. That's just just where this team is. And that's difficult from, from somebody who makes a living evaluating draft prospects. It's frustrating at times because there's a couple players that I know that they didn't want that would have, like, Damn, yeah, man, that guy's really, really freaking good. The Lions had no, no interest in him. Jalen Carter being one of them. No interest whatsoever in that guy. It's frustrating, but they you got to trust the process on this. If you trust the process in other areas, you got to trust the whole thing. Maybe you got you got to be all in on it yep. because they are. So looking as we talk about the the talent and selection of talent and how they're performing, we go back to the game. We talk about some of the insanity that is the brain of Ben Johnson. And there's, there's some of the talk about, uh, hey, it was nice having Rodrigo out there to tackle on an interception. That's, that was hilarious. I just good one. <laughs> Points to you, brother. But the one that, that jumps out my mind is, you know what? If, if, if you're in the red zone and you want to make a play, always, you want to split Jared Goff out wide. You want to get Montgomery behind center. <laughs> and you want to. You want to have him with the give to, to to Gibbs, right? I mean, that's that's the most common play in the world. I don't know what the hell Ben was thinking. Everybody sees that shit coming. Everybody knows exactly what's going to happen. I love that stuff. I love that creativity. It's getting closer. It's getting closer to some of the things we talked about with with Gibbs right now and how dangerous teams are realizing he is in the film that he's he's put out there. And Montgomery with how dangerous he is in the film he's put out there. And Rodrigo, with his role, I'm just telling you, Riz, before the end of the year, 
We're going to run a wishbone play with those three. <laughs> bring back I the wishbone, baby. A, <laughs> I want to see a fullback wheel route to Rodrigo. Oh, man. That'd be fun. Make that happen. He can catch. Yeah. Like, we, we've, he can do it. Yeah. And his little legs He's move. playing more on offense than he is on defense. For, for better or for worse. <laughs> Would have liked to have seen more Rodrigo on defense against Chicago yep. on a day where Jack Campbell had one of the worst halves of football of any linebacker I've ever seen in the first half of the game. To his credit, he got better. He's a rookie. He's learning. He's learning the hard way sometimes. And uh, we've been talking about this in the Patreon Slack channel, the uh, the smartest Lions chat on the internet. And, it's, and I, th- I thought it was great because I thought a couple people made good points. Like, let's let him play one position. We we talked about this, Chris, with Isaiah Simmons back when, when he was drafted. Like, it's great that he can play every spot on your defense in the back seven, but can he play any one of them? And right now I feel like the Lions are not – they're sort of doing the same thing. Like, let's let him play one instead of trying him at three or four. Yeah. Let's just let him master that one and build off that. I, I feel like they're – I feel like they're sort of misusing him or or asking him to do th- – th- you know, throwing the spaghetti at the wall and like, like he's it, he's freshly coated paint. It's just not. It's 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 bad. Um, I I I certainly still have a lot of hope for him long term. And I I actually like the way he was resilient in this game too. He played better in the second half than he did in the first half. That's good. I want to see him not get so much thrown at him. And uh, I think I they might know that too. I think. Um... There's a lot of talk in the, in the chat right now, and we'll, then we'll wrap up our, our Bears re, revamp talk here. Yeah. Uh, a lot of talk in the chat, though, about Hutch and holding. Holding is just free-for-all in the NFL right now. Hutch does it, like, and, and a couple people are, have, have touched on it. Hutch is great at throwing his hands up and, and, and calling it out. But even without, I mean, he's seeing his, like he's saying, seeing his shoulder pads launch, launch into orbit is a pretty sure sign he's being held, too. Um, they're just not calling it this year. It's it, And then they do. On the shittiest Best league wide. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the shittiest of shit. The branch call was just horrible. It was, it was, look, sure, technically you're right. But you know what? In, in the cacophony of every single hold that happened on every single route out there, that was, that was nothing. There was 10 times more egregious things happening that were uncalled all the time. Just be consistent. That's all I ask. Be consistent. The Lions beat that stuff and they came through. That's it. That's and one I saw it earlier too. The fact that the Lions won this game actually I think makes them look more dominant than had they just won this game like normally they come out of lead won by 15 points or whatever else. The fact that they came back and did this really shows that you don't have them down until that clock is at zero and you have more points. The Bears came out. They had all the grit. When this game started, they were the ones hitting hard. They are the one fighting, but they just didn't have the staying power, right? They they juiced a little too fast. <laughs> but the the um the lions the, the the lions are built different. They're built differently. I had to move on. I had to move on. They they're they're just built differently. So good stuff. Good stuff from the team. Good play. Uh, come back from that. It shows it shows a heart and a soul on a team that uh, that hasn't been there before. This team would have folded up tent long ago. The, the the Chicago Bears played an old 
PTSD Lions game, and the Lions played like winners, period. I'll add one little quick thing to this. In the last two weeks, they have beaten a Bears team that's inferior, that had their A game, and the Lions did not, and they still prevailed. The week before that, they got into a shootout with a Pro Bowl quarterback with a Hall of Fame wide receiver and a fantastic weapon on the backfield, and they outscored their ass. They have different ways to win a game. They don't have to have the script go the way that they want it to. The 49ers, they can't do that. That's that's one of their flaws. The Ravens can't really do that. Now, they, they certainly did their thing very well against Detroit. I love the fact that the Lions can win a game in any number of ways, that it doesn't have to follow a certain script or two. They can go way the hell off script and still come back and win and, and find different ways to beat different teams. That, to me, makes them incredibly dangerous in the postseason. Now, everybody's yeah. worried about, can they stop Jalen Hurst? Can Philly stop them? I don't think so. It depends on the game. Yeah. Depends on who's, who plays well that day. I'm not. I'm not worried about that kind of stuff. I'm not worried about can we stop? Can our defense get like? Can their defense stop us? Because they need to have that same conversation that we are having about that right now. And I can tell you, in in San Francisco, anyways, they're worried about that. They're like, we just don't match up well against Detroit. Like yeah. we, they have so many weapons that they use that we don't know how to defend that. Like the, the 49ers defense is built primarily on taking away your best player. You that in Detroit? Okay, you're going to take Amara no. away? Great. We're going to go to Josh Reynolds. We're going to go to Sam Laporta. We're going to go to Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs up the backfield. Yep. We're going to run David Montgomery up right your, up your ass. ass. Yep. That's, that's, they don't do that well. I, and I said this on the huge show earlier, and I, I, and I, I mean this, and I'm, I'm part of, we have to learn that other teams see us that way. That's the thing. And this is where I think the Lions now and Lions fans have to recognize things are a little bit different. Yes. Other teams have to bring their A game. Shane, right there in the, in the comments, had it. Other teams will bring their yep. A game because to beat the Lions is that catapult for them to turn something around to say, see, we've got it. We can do it. Other teams yeah. are, are put, circling the lions on the calendar when they play them. We're going to play everybody at their best. Now we're not sneaking up on anybody anymore. We're not the underdog anymore. Get used to it. It's just the way it is. All right. Hey, like, you don't subscribe. Think the Packers want payback. <laughs> <laughs> like subscribe and make sure you get all that going on. Um, we appreciate everyone who does that helps us with all the stuff we're doing. And that helps other people find us. We appreciate you for doing that. Um, keep forgetting to ask in these shows for folks to do that. But do hit that subscribe. Hit that like right now. There's only 58. You guys are like 20% like ratio. Just hit the button. It's right there. Dappy, dappy. Go. All right. Let's get to the next one. We're going to go into the injury and depth where the Detroit Lions stand. Um, we've got one person not practicing. Mr. Risden. Jonah Jackson. Left guard. Hasn't practiced either day this week. Won't. Well, the Lions haven't technically practiced either. They've done walkthroughs. Packers are doing the same. Short week. You don't need to do that. The familiar opponent, you're not going to go out there and strap pads on and beat the hell out of each other. He's the only guy that didn't practice. He's on the very doubtful side of very doubtful to play on Thursday. We will find out around this time tomorrow that he will be. I think they're going to list him as out. I don't think they're going to pussyfoot around it. Um, just remember also that in the Dan Campbell era, 
every single player who has been listed as doubtful and missed at least one practice in the week has not played. That's not going to change. So figure on Colby Sorstall being your left guard again. Okay. Everybody else healthy, full participant. Frank Reich now even was listed as a full participant. This is typically his day off for veteran rest. He was up there. Yeah. We're in good shape health-wise. I think there's something to think about, though, with um, with Jonah. Okay. The injuries this year are are tough especially in a contract year. And what does he mean? Yeah. Like someone said in the, in the chat earlier, Hey, we have the most expensive offensive line in the, in the, in the league. Like, and, and but it's working. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, two of the guys aren't playing, but it's working, right? You get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah. um, so Jonah, I'll just tell you, he's got it. He's got a, 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 we'll just say a very decent deal on uh, offered and he wants top guard money. I don't know if they're going to come to terms on that. I just don't know. Okay. He's also got a broken wrist. I would agree. And that's going to be tough too. Yeah. The, the those, injury those things are going to be hard not, to pencil together because of all the injuries that have happened. Love Jonah. I absolutely love Jonah and wish there was a way to pay him top guard money and keep him in and, and put him in, in bubble wrap and keep him healthy. Um, I don't, we've talked about that. The injury bug is not really a thing with Dr. Liao, who had a great injury item to, earlier today. He will do that weekly for us. <laughs> Yeah, um, but we've got this situation, right? And and these things we have to triangulate as any team has to triangulate the cost and the value like Vitae. He's not expensive today. Would we resign him? No, because we're, we don't think we're going to get the value for what we signed him. Would he would we sign him as a backup? I don't think we'd throw that away. I don't think we'd throw that away. Sign him for a two year, three year cheap ass deal and as a backup to sit and only be there, play two games a year. Maybe you could do that. He's re- I think he's retiring. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where it's going to happen. I'm just yeah. in the in the in the theater yeah, of the I, mind, your hypothetical right? world. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's that you know that's fine, and you have a really really solid backup in that scenario, right? Um, but I just I'm I'm nervous about the Jonah. I think he's the one that goes. I think that lowers the overall cost of the offensive line, and I think Colby now Colby's a lot happier on the right side. He's a lot more comfortable over there. So we'll have to see what happens. We'll see what what plays. But this also gives us an opportunity. To, to maybe draft a stud, right? To to draft and, and a guard, you can get a stud, you know, pretty a little bit later. He's not. He's not. Christian your, Mahogany, give him to me. He's not your fourth overall pick, right? Not that we're ever going to have a fourth overall pick in a little bit. Um, but you know that's that's that. So I just that's that's where it is. That that injury sucks. It's it stinks for him. But I have a feeling somebody's yeah. going to pay him. I just think somebody's going to pay Jonah the money he wants, and he's going to go somewhere and be happy with that. And he's he loves the team, he loves the coaching, he loves everything. But he also knows, hey, for me, I need to make the money. This is intergenerational wealth, and I'm going to take that with me, and I'm going to get it however I can. So that's that. Uh, Jonah's we'll it for the Lions injuries. I mean, otherwise we're really healthy. Which we're is great. We're in great shape. Which is crazy because not only that, we've got a long week to get even better. And if you think about everybody's dinged up, right? Everybody's dinged up. Joy two times. I, I he's I know what he wants. <laughs> um, the everybody's he got you know bumps, bruises, whatever. So to have this long time after Thanksgiving to heal up right now for that late season run is really really helpful, especially after we just had the bye week rest. I mean, this is all just fallen just right for the Lions to be in the best shape possible. You got um. CJGJ 
getting ready to come back here in uh, probably the 10th-ish of December, right? Like, we're talking some good stuff, yeah. Um, I just, I really, really, really like it. I like it, like it, like it. Um, so anyway, that's that's where we are, injuries. Let's just really quick talk about the Packers injuries because, man, it is a laundry list. This is like the old, this is how it used to be. It goes flipped. Everything's flipped. Like, the Bears played an old Lions game, right? And now we have the Packers with the old Lions injury report. There's, there's probably 12 guys, 15 guys on here. Um, I'm looking at it. I'm just going to go, did not practice. List, so I got to blow this up. Did okay, not practice. Who did not practice today? Devondre Campbell. Um, De- so we got Devondre Campbell. Yeah. You got Aaron Josiah Jones. Degora. Luke Musgrave. Yeah. Uh, Dante Leon Wicks. And Emmanuel Wilson. Did not practice. Yeah. Right off the top. Yep. Limited practice. And these are limited practice all week. So no one went from did not to limited. Um, right. Limited practice, Jair Alexander, uh, Corey Ballantyne, um, Kenny Clark, A.J. Dillon, Rudy Ford, Ford, Rashawn Gary. Oh, no, Rashawn Gary. Sorry, he's full practice. He went from Rashawn's back. Yep, yep. Uh, Elton Hang- Jenkins, um, Kelsey and Kilshan Nixon. God, I'm reading. He's not saying. Yeah, thank you. I'm reading, not saying. Uh, Darnell Savage. Yeah. Um, Christian Watson went from limited to full practice, and Jaden Reed uh, went from nothing to limited practice. Uh, wide receiver. So. Walking wounded, so right, and they're coming in on a short week. We're coming in on a short week with Jonah out that we know about. Just looking at that, that's two of their top three tight ends. That is two of their top three cornerbacks. That is their top three running backs. Um, that is both their starting safeties. <laughs> like, like they're beat to hell, man. Um, Elton Jenkins is valuable off us. Devondre Campbell. He was two years ago what Alex Anzalone is in Detroit this year. Just a revelation. A guy who was sort of a, eh, okay, he's on the team, yay, and, and became an all pro. Um, and he doesn't hasn't played to that level again, but he's still pretty good. Like that that's there's and, and by the way, his injury is a neck injury. If you haven't participated in two practices and you got a neck injury, I'm gonna guess you're not gonna play. Like Keyshawn Nixon is their is their return specialist and a very good one. Like they're banged up, folks. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 as much as they want to beat Detroit. Their best chance was earlier this year. <laughs> They've yeah. got to come to Detroit on a short week with the walking wounded. And try to put together a victory against a team that's going to hit them with right in the mouth, right? The, you, you know, Riz, there is an absolute FTP mindset in the players, too. They know what yes. this division is. And, and you know, uh, Taylor Decker, he holds that. He knows what it's been like. He knows what it's like. He, he had a great interview, um, on, on another podcast, I forget it off the top of my head, but where he's talking about, um, you know, what it's like to be on an absolute loser and turn it around into a, you know, to, to get to where they are now. And you know, you just have some of these things, these wounds that you carry and you remember, you know what I mean? Some of these, these old BS jobs that you, the, the, the fake uh, face mask, all the other stuff. You're right, Don FTP hundred um, <laughs> percent. They, they absolutely, absolutely uh, remember that stuff. And to be able to be the ones to bully those, those MO, those mofos around <laughs> trying not to uh, try to be the ones to be able to bully those guys around is absolutely just 
just lovey juice for these guys. This is this is exactly what they want. <laughs> trying, I'm trying to say, stay clean and be nice, but it's hard. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> that, that's why she got Sorry. the lovey juice. <laughs> Thank you, Riley. Appreciate that. Um, uh, PFF, uh, they say he is clearly the worst grade amongst our offensive starting, starting linemen this year. Um, people are working on their pictures. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, just really quick in the chat, if you guys could just help me kind of reset it. Can I get an FTP in the chat? Everyone just give me an FTP, please. All right, Riz, injuries. Anything else you want to talk about on the injury front for the, the Lions or the uh, well, let's go back to CJGJ for a minute because he sort of hinted at it in his video um, that everybody's posted. I hopefully, hopefully you've watched it. Hopefully you watched it without kids nearby because it's it's not for the fate of heart at all. Um, before he talked about the Bears issue, he talked about coming back and did, did a. He sort of flexed his arm like this, the injured one. And and that's when he said the two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he corrected himself. It actually glitched out for a second. Um, and he said three weeks. And that is, all, that is when the Lions played the Bears again. That is also when he's tracked to come back. Um, and he unintentionally revealed that. that it's not unknown. That's something that Dr. Liao has talked about. Like he expected him back in early December from the, the injury. He talked about that in the uh, brilliant appearance. And I love the fact that he's, he's so good, man. Love you, Dr. Liao. You, you're, you're bringing it. It's good. Yeah. So uh, expect yeah. him back for the, the next Chicago game because he, he wants a piece of that. <laughs> oh god you guys are coming through with the ftps thank you so much all right uh let's let's move on from the injuries and depths let's get into the next one this is one we like to call sideline stunners i love it because it's a good double entendre um story comes out and it broke in two different kind of time two different points in time two different admissions but uh chris thompson basically with uh I'm just going to cut it down to the very, very short of it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to nutshell this. I make shit up when I talk about what I report on the coaches, <laughs> what they said. On the, <laughs> I just make shit up. <laughs> I mean, is that wrong, Riz? I mean, it's not the exact words. I didn't say a quote, but. Uh. <laughs> she didn't mean it that way, but that's certainly how it's interpreted. And that's how it should be interpreted because that's not what you want to say. Her larger point was that sometimes we can't get the coaches to say anything that's of use for us. So we have to go off what we've got. And she, she went and said, you know, sometimes it's that like, that's, that's bullshit, man. This is Um, why, this is why the democratization of content and uh, reporting is so good. Because the people with all the ins and the powers and the controls, they just make shit up. <laughs> they just make shit up when they need to. And uh, or when they have a narrative to support or whatever else, they just whoosh, out of their butt. Um, this was horrible. I cannot believe she yeah. hasn't been fired. I no. can't believe she's yeah. not fired yet. Yeah. And, and, and you've got people in the industry all over the place. Um, just absolutely excoriating. Uh, her for this. I'm um, here. It is okay. Um, you've got 
people um the the athletic you got all kinds of like what what is this what has she done for for women the sideline reporters people say oh they're just um laura oakman is one i mean lots of them have said uh, andrea kramer um that, andrea kramer came out hard yep. on her by the way she's she said, in the nfl hall of fame she's not some johnny come lately she, knows she what said it harmed those working as sideline reporters and it's a role that centers on establishing trust with the teams and the leagues being covered as well as the viewing audience. Uh, her failure to take her job seriously is one of the things um, they're talking about. Uh, that's that's uh, just everybody, um, people all over, just just wrecking on it. Now, here's the thing. And this is the thing that I think is is really kind of messy. She said the quiet part out loud because I think that happens a lot more than people want to admit, not just with, you know, sideline reporters, but across the board, because they have to say a whole lot of words in three and a half hours. And I think that they're just a lot of times just making some shit up along the way because that'll fly and it's good enough. Um, I, I, I just really it's I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think in smaller doses. And and I think, and this is where she gets a little bit lost in the fact that she did explain that she was reiterating what coaches had told her in the lead up to the week when they're doing the game. She was reflecting what was told to her then. Nobody really cares about that because she said she made stuff up. That, that does happen. Um, And we can ask Dan Miller about that. Like, cause he, there are times where he has to fill. Well, and Um, and, this is the thing, this is the, so, so Dan, I interest I trust implicitly because I know Dan's character. Right. Right. But there's but we also look, we go to Senior Bowl. We know a whole lot of other people's character as well, right? <laughs> In the industry. Um, I just it's there's a reason. I just saw a study. Thirty nine percent of the population of the US absolutely don't believe the media and journalists, which is why the word journalism has been so degraded into to so little but i just and and to like aspire to be someone that nobody trusts is probably not you know the, the box you want to put yourself in but it's 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 really it's really like when the veil comes off and you see it it's it's like everything when you see how the sausage is made it's often a very very ugly process and I think she said the quiet part out loud and there's a whole lot of people. I, I, I don't think everybody like Dan Miller is a great example of somebody who, because he is, he's, he's not only judicious, he's cautious, he's thoughtful. He's, he doesn't, he doesn't just shoot from the hip and ride. You know what I mean? He is, he is truly, he's a guy that believes in the ethical standards of, of, of journalism that have existed for years. Right. So it's, it's something anyway, the this sideline reporting i i wonder this is the, when you see something like this this is usually just the the initial kind of poke crack in the dam i wonder if this is going to break into something bigger or they're going to get the the spackle in there and hold that thing tight because behind this is a deluge i think waiting to come i wonder if they're going to be able like right remember they didn't used to talk to coaches on the field and that yeah. certainly was never on camera I wonder if it's going to go back to that where, okay, the the coaches and players are off limits, but we can talk to the trainers or we can talk to a designated media representative from the team at halftime as they're going in to, I I kind of think that that's where they're going to go with it. 
Um, I don't know, just my guess on it. Yep. Um, I, I I used to be one of those people that was like, I don't really give a crap like what the coach is saying, but sometimes they do get nuggets that are worth getting out there because if coaches are you know caught off guard a little bit or unawares, and if if they trust the person that they're talking to, they might reveal like, I get that. Um, my, my view has changed the more that I've seen how the industry works. Like I, I, I do think they serve a valuable role. I really do. And I didn't used to think that. Mm-hmm. And I would be saddened if that went away. Um, I but, yeah. think, I think it's valuable. I know, I know it's valuable, but when you can't trust that it's real, it's completely devalued. <laughs> Does that make yeah. sense? Nick. And one one of the other things, and this isn't so much at that, but but we talked about this with Dan on the on the the St. Jude's telethon, was that when Dan Campbell is talking to us in the media, he's not talking to us; he's talking to his team. Oh he God. is prevailing upon them the themes that he wants, and that that I, I won't psychoanalyze Dan because I don't know him enough to, to say that he's doing this, but I think he's putting extra pressure on his team to get his message and reinforcing it by saying what he says to us when he answers questions. I, I got the media uh, room I, today, the, today, the media room, when he said something that um, might be considered culturally uh, offensive in it's just a, it's an old school term for something watching the uncomfortable or the listening to the uncomfortable low level murmur of giggle and wet in their own pants in the, from the media. It was like, Oh, how do we police this? Uh, it was, it was, it was really something it, you could tell. It was just so like, they didn't know what to do in the moment. It's great. And he's like, uh, okay. And he just kept going. It's I love Dan. He's like, ah, I fucked that one up. Oh, well, and he just kept going, <laughs> whatever. Like, and I'm like, you know what? I mean, I get like, I think about how, how old he was and what, you know, I was like, okay, I get where it came from. And it's like, no, no malicious intent at all. Right. But if that was Matt Patricia, there would be headlines on every fucking site right now about exactly that that phrase that he used and that's the difference we're gonna drive the narrative we're gonna decide who wins and who loses because we're journalisms <laughs> god whatever anyway okay sideline stunners not so not so uh not so not so real news all right moving on to the next thing <laughs> i was doing a little dude there again Looking ahead to the Green Bay Packers. Don't miss Ash's breakdowns. Uh, he'll break down how the offense and defense will attack uh, the Packers. And that's always a really, really good uh, watch. He does some really, really good stuff. And there's a couple of reallys there that you can, you can think about. Um, let's talk about <laughs> the, 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 the uh, Detroit, the, the Green Bay Packers defense. Riz, what, what are the keys for the Lions and the defense? What do we have to beat? This is a team where you need to go smack them in the mouth because they are the word finesse will be construed as soft. And I don't mean them to be soft, but they are a finesse based defense. They're not a team that's going to try to slobber knock you. They are a team that's going to try to read and react. What do you do to a read and react team? You don't give them time to react. You punch them that fast jab. Go at it. Move the ball around. Don't let them key on any one thing. Yep. I want to see a JMO jet sweep or a tunnel screen or a something where you get the ball in his hands right away and let him go at it. 
especially if Devondre Campbell is out because he's the, he's their linebacker that does all the calls. Then you're then you're putting that stress on a backup. Also knowing, oh crap, that guy's a lot faster than me too. Like I don't know what I'm going to do here. Um, this this is a game that I think Jamison Williams is going to have a much more prominent role in the offense. He, uh, yeah. he, get, he gets two catches, two targets, two or three targets every week. I think he's going to double that this week. I think he's going to get a, a non-traditional touch for a wide receiver, whether it's the little you know shovel pass inside that, that Amon Ra can get, uh, whether they give him a, you know, a reverse of something. I, I see that in the works for Jamo this week, and, and they, do, they do not have the speed to handle him. As someone who, and if they do, they try, then that's where Sam Laporta, that's where David Montgomery up the ass, baby. Like that's, that's where the, and that's what the Lions are good at. The, he, the Lions are really good at manipulating defenses that aren't the aggressor. Probably because they see it in practice a lot. I think <laughs> they're the, really good at attacking those. The <laughs> phrase you, you, you always, you, you're pointed with your words and, Non-traditional touch <laughs> seemed a little bit, a little bit. Uh, okay, <laughs> he got a non-traditional touch. Okay, I like it. I get it. I know where you're going, but that's that's a non-traditional phrase. Um, I like that though. I really like the idea of a non-traditional touch for JMO. Um, I like. I, I'd like to see his use expanded. I think this is a good game to leverage those opportunities and start saying, "Okay, JMO." It's time now. We're gonna we're gonna it's moving it to the next level, and now we want to see you perform at the next level. Because this is a game that I think I don't want to see handily or easily because of course the other team gets paid and they get you know it's a you play the games or whatever. But I feel like this is a game that we'll have in hand and that you may we may be able to run some experiments with. And those experiments may include JMO, can you get to the next level? I mean, you've got Jagger Alexander who's who's achy breaky with a shoulder. You got uh Campbell. You know, one of the inside linebackers who's who's got a neck, right? I mean, so start thinking about what the middle of the field looks like, and you and you've got maybe not their best cornerback, their number one cornerback on the field. It may give him some opportunities, and then you by giving him those opportunities, if he's successful, you get to really grow the quality of the the the, the trust between him and Goff. The chance, like the, the how how much room he has to operate, it, it just gets an opportunity to, for him to find that that groove and find that role and find some success and get some confidence out of it. And this is where I think is the big spot for this week. It's 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 almost like this should be and could be JMO's breakout week. Just the way everything else is falling, this is where I think he gets the big chance. And this is where it's like JMO, do it now, or we're not going to see you for a couple of weeks till shit's locked up. So we'll see what happens with that. I see Riz had a uh, some popcorn being made up. That's okay. He'll be back in a second. <laughs> I'm here, Chris. I hear I'm you. here. Okay. <laughs> there I am. Let me just say this about that, though. Ben Johnson might construe that as like, yeah, all that's true. And that's why we're going to have Craig Reynolds get 15 carries this week. <laughs> like, just because <laughs> nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Like, that's the, sort of the way that, that Ben Johnson thinks. This could be a week where James Mitchell gets three targets. I don't think he has one this year. Like, <laughs> and th- that's the beauty of the Lions offense, though, because if you're playing on defense, like you can't rule out that they might do that. Like This is a team that threw a play-action pass to Brock Wright. This is a team that uses Dan Skipper, that, that has a linebacker playing fullback, replacing a linebacker playing 
fullback. Like they're, they're not, they're not, they're non-traditional. Very difficult to defend that, especially when you have a defense that doesn't have a tone. And if you watch Green Bay, I think that's one of the things that you see is that they don't necessarily. They, they don't, well, their defensive coordinator is Joe Barry. Like we sort of know this defense. Like it's yes. yeah, it's okay. It's it's more of a damage control defense than a defense that's going to take things away the way that Baltimore or Cleveland or San Francisco does. That's not what they do, and that's why I that's why I said last week, and I still believe this. Chicago Bears are a much more difficult opponent for the Lions than the Packers are because the Bears, they might not have the horses. They do have an identity. Like, they try to take things away from you, and they did it fairly successfully for a while on Sunday. That's, that's not what Green Bay is, and I think that that doesn't match up very well for the Packers against the Lions at all. Uh, I think fantastic. this is the easiest game left on the schedule the entire rest of the season. Yes. Yes. Like, I, I don't even, I don't think that's like debatable. And I, I, I said that going into the Chicago game, this is the easiest game left on the schedule. I trust that they got that little burp, the, the bad golf, the, the bad linebacking play outside mm-hmm. of Anzalone, the weird um, Kirby Joseph, not so. Okay. I have to get, I, I got to give PFF a little crap here. They charged the touchdown throw that went to DJ Moore to Jerry in coverage. I will tell you, I've watched that play probably 15 times. Jerry did exactly what he's supposed to do on that play. That is, he funneled the receiver to his help, which is Kirby Joseph, who was not there, who wasn't paying attention. Touchdowns on Kirby, and uh, PFF issued it to to Jerry. Now, Jerry could have played it better. I'm not going to dispute that. He did not stay on the hip as you would want him to do, but he also had to worry about a, a route that was coming on the outside. On the, like he, It was a tough spot to put him in, give the Bears credit for a good play design. Um, their offense isn't known for that. They, they did a good job there. Yes. Uh, but uh, th- those sorts of mistakes, I don't trust the The Packers have more talent around the board on offense, but I don't trust, like, you know, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, those guys drop passes. You know, they they got running backs. Their running back room is decimated right now. Like, they, <laughs> who knows what they're going to do. I, I don't think they match up with us well at all. I really don't. Like, I'm, this is <laughs> – I know I'm setting myself up here, so I'm trying to be careful about it. I'm not worried about this game at all. Like this, this is a game where if they if the Lions don't win this game by like 27 to 10 or 35 to 20, I'm gonna be a little disappointed in the Lions because they have the they should should win that way. Let's see if they can do it. I think I think, I think they will. Yes. So let me. I want to just give you some breaking news really quick um (laughs) um scott mitchell had some comments about the bye bye barry piece and and i'm sorry i'm interrupting this but uh we just it's it's happening right now you folks definitely have to watch it because we're getting an interview scheduled with scott mitchell right now um we're gonna have a conversation and we're gonna talk about barry and uh his thoughts 
um, and what, what he had to say about the, the, the documentary, but basically fuck you all is the quote that stands out uh, from, from what Scott said. So this will be uh, excellent. I'd love, I'd love to give him a voice and I'd love to hear what he has to say. So Scott Mitchell is coming as an interview. Um, if that doesn't deserve a like and a subscribe, what does um, we'll have that on for you guys. Uh, it'll be within the next week. So um, we'll get that put together and we'll get him on and it's going to be awesome. Um, okay. Let's go back to the base. I'm sorry. Sorry, Riz. That was all breaking in the background, and I uh, wanted to make sure we had that covered. Let's go back. I to- learned it. I learned it with the rest of us. I'm very excited about that. That's, <laughs> that's going to be sweet. Oh, that is awesome. Thank you, Riley. You are absolutely fantastical. Um, okay, so we've got that. We've got the defense. Let's talk about the offense and uh, what the Lions bring, uh, uh, what the Lions need to do defensively against the Green Bay offense. I just want to kind of throw back to the uh, the draft day where they picked Jordan Love and when I laughed hysterically. I stand by that laughter. I stand by that laughter 100%. Jordan Love was a... Was, He's starting for him. That's fine. But I think he was a terrible pick at that time. Uh, I think they really just cocked that draft up. Absolutely just cocked that up. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Um, So there they are. We have Jordan Love. He's mobile, but he's not Jalen Hurts. (laughs) He throws the ball, but he's not Jalen Hurts. (laughs) He's not. He's not a whole lot of guys. Um, And under pressure, people talk about golf under pressure. Oh, no, no. Jordan Love under pressure. It is an absolute chemical spill, right? A, a, a tire fire in a dumpster. Uh, it's it's incredible. Um, that's the key, I think, is making him move, getting a couple hits on him, getting him scared, letting him see that that barely growing in beard of Hutchinson right up in his face. Uh, I, I just, it's coming better. You know, it's like year over year, he's had some, some really good facial hair improvements. I'm watching my son go through the same thing, a little bit of patchiness. But uh, <laughs> it's get that up in his up in his grill, uh, get some McNeil pushing up the middle, right? And 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 see that big boy coming at you with that those those eyes because oh, he's got his eyes. Have you ever seen his eyes while he plays? The intensity. Yes. I love I love yeah. McNeil. He's you, you get to talk to him like one on one and you see like the sweetest man in the world, like you in, in his face and his eye. But man, when he's playing, all of a sudden there's like laser beams shooting out. Right. It's like it's really something um, he, he needs to see those. He love needs to look, need to, needs to look directly into those eyes. Um, but it's all about because Christian Watson Christian Dobson and Romeo drops um, those guys. Look, they're, they're, they're fine wide receivers, but th- they're kind of, I feel like they're both, they're, they're, they're good in different ways, but they're all, they're both B tier kind of receivers and you got kind of a B tier quarterback and that creates a lot of problem for you. I don't want to say they're bad receivers, right? They're they're obviously NFL caliber no, receivers. I'd not. love to have they're, them on our team. I'd love to have them on the Detroit lions instead of as green Bay Packers. Right? So I don't want to knock them down, but they're nowhere near a Calvin Johnson, right? They're not an Amon Ross St. Brown. They're not like that top tier kind of guy. Fast as hell Watson, right? Dubs is, 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 is a great receiver. They're just not all that. And I think getting love uncomfortable gives our corners everything they need to be able to beat those guys just about every single time. That's, that's my play on, on how to tear up this, uh, this, uh, this, this green Bay offense. Love, love has a little bit of brain and weeding to him. And that if you pressure him, he's going to make mistakes. He has an overdeveloped panic gene. It's not, 
it's not Zach Wilson level, but it's approaching. <laughs> this is a guy that if you get you get pressure in his face, he's going to make mistakes. And I don't think that I think there's a mutual lack of full trust that the Lions Lions don't have to worry about that. Like they trust Goff, and Goff trusts his guys to do the right things. And I I I will lump Jamo into that. I think he and and Jamo have come together better with an understanding of how they can work better together. I think that's a very exciting development for for the Lions going forward. I haven't seen that with Jordan Love and his receivers or his line yet. Uh, that and that's you know it's weird because I don't think Jordan Love's a bad quarterback, like, but I don't think he's also a guy that you're going to need to play really well around him for him to be at his best. And we haven't seen that very often. And, uh, you know, he, this is not Justin Herbert. This is not Lamar Jackson. This is not, he's in the Baker Mayfield tier of a guy that on a good day can give you problems, but you don't know when you're going to get that good day. And if that good day isn't there, you're not going to be too worried about him. That's where I'm at with Jordan love. Um, I, I would, put Joshua Dobbs over him right now because Dobbs is smarter. And I don't mean that as a slight of Jordan Love because Joshua Dobbs is literally a rocket scientist. He's one of the smartest people I've ever met. And I did get a 15-minute solo interview with him at the Combine, and I'm like, this guy can run the country if he wants to. Like He's, he's <laughs> destined for things a lot greater than the NFL if he chooses to it. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm a little more concerned about him than I am about Jordan Love. Just Even quick. though he's very new to that situation. I'm just not – not again, I, I'm weirdly cockily confident. The last time I felt this way about a Lions team was when they played the Giants last year. Like, I, I just knew they were going to win that game. Like, no, they don't match up well with what we do well, and they don't particularly threaten the, our weaknesses very well. And that's – I feel the exact same way about these Packers this year. I really do. Hey, Arthur Fonzarelli says that I think the Packers are the Packers are soft, and I'm not just saying that. The Lions have beat up on soft teams this year. I think that's actually a very, very good point. Um, they, it, it, I'll use the word grit rather than soft. They lack the grit that the Lions have, and yes. they will they will beat them up. Um, Easy does it. Asked about Jaden Reed. He's injured. He showed up in the injury with limited practice as a chest injury. So I'm not saying he won't play, but that that may well affect him. Affect him. Yeah, he's a good he's a good wideout, but. Um, he's he's, he's going to be good. Uh, yep. He's their slot receiver of the future. Yep, good player. Good but player. It, especially as a slot with a, some kind of a chest injury, that can be that could be very problematic. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they yep. go. Uh, okay, that's awesome. That's awesome, Riley. Thank you. Got you. Uh, inbox. It's rolling in right now. That's see? good. There it is. I got it. Okay. Sweet. Life is good, man. When when these things happen, it's. You know, I just want to say something real quick. Yeah. It's fun when you get out in public now and people want to talk about the Lions and they're excited about the team. And they're not worried about, like, who are we going to draft? Like, Chris, you know me. I I love the NFL draft. That's uh, my chosen vocation. And I, I love doing it. But I also love the fact that I don't have to do that for the Lions this year. And being able to detach the draft, Jeff, from Lions, Jeff, is fun. 
And I love when, like, my interactions when I talk to people at the gym, they're coming up and like, I believe, like, this one, we got this. Like, the excitement, it's palpable, it's fun. It's fun to be a Lions fan. I want to keep enjoying that. I hope that more and more people are enjoying it and, and, you know, coming out of the, you know, going from being a peafowl to being a peacock. It's great. (laughs) I've, I've said it. I'll say it one more time, just for those who are in the back. Hit the like button and subscribe. No, that's not it. Um, the <laughs> this is your chance right now. This is your chance as a Lions fan to really just be be a peacock, be that insufferable a hole. I can't. I'm I, my problem is I work with a bunch of people from Philadelphia, and I'm I, I'm like I don't want to go too hard on it, but the second that shoe drops yeah yeah the second like if they get somehow eliminated in the first round of the playoffs and we don't do you know how hard i'm going to go on them do you know how how bad i am going to rip on them and and and, and humiliate them as a lions fan because you know why you never get that chance again everybody loves you right now because you haven't hurt anybody else but this is the year we're hurting people after this year and after the people that are going to be jerks anyway just be a jerk. You get credit for it because you're going to get credit for being a jerk. Even if you're not, just be a jerk, be loud, be proud, support your team and love every minute of it because this is something. What was it? I think Brandon talked about it. It's been since like 1962 since the lions have been here. Yeah. Love it. Eight and two. They have not been eight and two since before the Ford family bought the team. They bought the team. Breathe um, it in. It was the 22nd, uh, the day Kennedy was shot, which I believe was November 22nd, 1963. That so was been, what, 60 years? Yeah, 60 years ago. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's, some, that's saying something. Love it. Love it. Enjoy it and go with it. Okay, let's, uh, let's do this one last thing. We have a quote about um, this, this, this uh, Packers game from Dan Campbell. He, he basically said it. Uh, this was at post-conference. The press conference was over. I was able to get a call in with him, and he said, I will beat your ass. So, I don't know. It's going to be it's gonna be tough. All right. With that, we're going to call it a show. <laughs> Remember, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. $5 a month in the Patreon gets you access to the Slack, the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. It's like 376 smart people and four stupid ones. It's a great time. Great time. The ratio is is better than anywhere. Um, join us. Have fun. It's a great way to support the show. Everything we kind of talk about, we try to do it so you get something back on the other side, right? It's it's not just please give us money. Like we're trying to help you get something out of it. So um, make sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast and at Jeff Risden. DET Lions Podcast. That's where you get all the news announcements. What's happening? When's a show? When's there's not a show? Are we going to do something on Thanksgiving? That's where you'll find out. When's the Scott Mitchell interview? That's where you'll find out at DET Lions Podcast. Tune in on Twitter for that. Also, give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, or call us in the Lions line, 248 782 8384. 248 or rub a U a fug. I don't even know what it means, but it sounds good. Be sure to go to the Detroit Lions Podcast.com, subscribe to the podcast. I think that was the sound of Riz coming inside your ear holes automatically. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we're number two. And we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection.
Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.